0: Um, but yeah, I like, and what's crazy is that it was also like when I was, I was too old to have been doing that kind of stuff. I definitely like knew not to do it, but I was just bored. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I was like,
1: Hey, it, when you're that age, you're it might've been the summer things? before
0: sixth grade.
1: That sounds about right. <laughs> That's when most of the, uh. The scheming I was doing. That was when I was at my most Bart Simpson, I would say. (laughs) It's like too little to know all the rules, but too old to be acting like such a fool.
0: (laughs) People are just always having a cow.
1: (laughs) I know. I've actually been recording this the whole time. (laughs) Nice. So we got a good... uh...
0: Cold ovid.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I actually came in part of the way through you telling about the Brad, so I don't know how much context there is. That's fine. Maybe um, this will
0: be a deleted scene.
1: Maybe so. But I'm going to keep it rolling yeah. if you just want to get into it. I need yeah, sure. Do we... Never mind. <laughs> I, normally, I have my handy-dandy... Um, what's it called? Notes? Like, uh, I just have a... I take hella notes on...
0: Eye in the sky.
1: I am the eye in the <laughs> sky. Do you like Alan Parsons Project?
0: <laughs> I don't know much about them. So I bet Elena likes them.
1: She does. I'll go ahead and tell you. <laughs> um, a because I just intuit that she does based on her music taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and b, like I think there's at least a couple of songs that I've referenced around her that she's known and or like have been on a playlist mm-hmm. that I've shared with her. Yeah. Um. So I don't know much about Alan Parsons, but it's probably fresh on my mind because in that new Beatles documentary, he's one of the he's like much younger, but he's helping in the sound room on Mm. like in the studio in Apple Studio. Hmm. So he had a like a role in that scene that early. So my guess is he was just a very well respected like producer, and as many well respected. about to say professor good lord producers who get uh, like who are around musicians all the time and can play themselves started a band tales all the time huh um makes sense that's my theory i need i would need to read on it but it sounds very likely it almost sounds like oh i don't know what i'm gonna call this yet but i have a bunch of musicians that i like and we're gonna make an album together <laughs> what do we call ourselves um well for now we're just the alan parsons project and then it just stuck like doesn't that seem yeah. like what probably happened yeah um, but they've got um,
0: <laughs> untitled Alan Parsons Project. <laughs> yeah,
1: they've got Eye in the Sky. They've got <laughs> games people play. Take it or you leave it. What, what was the name of them? that
0: that piano playing guy in the Beatles documentary?
1: Um, I, I want to say Billy Preston. Yeah, Billy yeah. Preston. He He's he a had a good fight. guy. I. It is a tragedy of history that I had no inkling. That he was in any way involved in that album until I watched yeah, I that, know, right? And he was like in most of the songs, and clear, like I, yeah, I have no idea about his songwriting prior. I didn't prowess, I, but like, so I, I imagine he might have been unmatched, or he might have had his match with the Beatles. Yeah, but he was very clearly the most talented on their instrument. Yeah, but which I think might just be easier for keyboard players, but. It was pretty like even for me who is not a keyboard player, it was pretty evident. Yeah, based on what I know about guitar, bass, and drum playing because yeah. I do all three of those. The part where it shows him
0: doing the piano for "Don't Let Me Down," yeah, um, for the first time, it was like they'd been playing it for a while. Without the piano, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this sounds like the song." And I, but then I like heard it with the piano, and I was like, "Oh, it's been missing something yes and, like I completely forgot what was in this." But honestly, is like the nicest part about the song. Yeah.
1: yeah, for sure. Get back to the kind of mm-hmm. real um, syncopated keyboard solo towards the end. Mm-hmm. So nice combined with um, George's kind of more like. Just real nice, kind of slide or like steel mm-hmm. guitar kind of sound. It just sounds oh so like tweed amp fifties, like Les yeah. Paul. Oh man, it sounds, it <laughs> sounds incredible. Yeah, it's so nice. I know I mentioned this at the time, but when we briefly brought up "Get Back" a couple of weeks ago on the show, mm-hmm. um, I it, I was fresh off of having just watched that documentary, mm-hmm. but. It is combined with um editing the, the show and really getting a feel for that. I am turning into a dang audiophile, Drew. <laughs> like I seriously, I yeah. am so interested in getting so good at this. Like Yeah. I I, I this is all inside baseball, <laughs> but, but seriously, it is it is so nice. Like, it's been a long time since I had anything where I cared this much about getting better. Yeah. Um I'm doing it in fits and spurts, but between music and and podcasting, man, I'm, I feel like I'm about to break through. <laughs> not not to Hope the so. ma- not to the mainstream, yeah. just like break through like a mental barrier of like yeah. ability and um, not imminence, but you know what I'm saying. It's like I yeah. would I would like other people to consider me good at this. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I've ever felt that way about something a hundred percent. So that's cool. Um. Yeah,
0: I um have noticed that I've become more of an audiophile as well, specifically in, like, I've just been appreciating unique stereo recording mm. in songs in a way that I didn't yeah. always
1: appreciate. Get a load of this. Okay. So the obvious one is, right, panning left to right. Yeah. Um, music that is really well-recorded it was super hard to do back mm-hmm. when it was all tape recordings they had to like literally splice mm-hmm. tape with a razor but overdubbing mm-hmm. which you could do then and like you could you like this is the bread and butter of mm-hmm. mixing in a studio um you record the same part pan it left pan it right sorry mm-hmm. for my voice break there people <laughs> Ooh, i just get excited um so you pan the same part that you record you can either copy it especially on like Mm -hmm. digital audio Mm -hmm. and pan it left pan it right and then down the center or if you have harmonies you can Mm -hmm. re-record the same part like three or four times like a third or a fifth above whatever the note is and get these incredible harmonies yeah it it is Is so cool
0: like judy sill
1: is that her name um Oh, you think thinking
0: roll like, on, roll on, there's a rugged road? Yeah. I would have to listen to She
1: it. does some, in that
0: song in particular, she does oh, some very voice, interesting panning, yeah, harmony stuff. Panning
1: left to right. Yeah. She's probably doing a little bit of both. I would have to go back and listen to it with that in mind to really pick it out. Because yeah. it's the kind of thing where when it's really done right, you don't notice it until you dedicate yourself to noticing yeah. it. The, no, late,
0: I, the first time I like, like really heard that, listening to it with headphones on, I was like oh, this is, like, the coolest part of the song.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the thing. You know, it's so easy to make fun of, well, audiophiles, but sp- specifically audiophiles mm-hmm. who are mostly in it for music listening. Yeah. Um, it really can be so easy. And now I'm, we're both kind of of the same mind on this, I think, which mm-hmm. is, like, as long as I'm getting the music I want, it mm-hmm. could be through a tin can. Um Now, it's nice to hear it through something nice, but it's like playing on my phone just on those speakers versus a speaker. Like, give me the speaker any day. Yeah. But if context demands playing it quietly to myself, yeah, you know, I'll deal with it. So it's easy to It's a different
0: type of enjoyment, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for getting used to all of them, but most people are so quick to shun the, like, trying to get it as close to the original Mm -hmm. sound that the artist wanted as possible and what the artists are usually hearing no matter what era is through really nice equipment yeah and probably more of a rough cut than what finally gets released hence obsessions with like bootlegs and live recordings of shows Mm -hmm. and like unmixed like unmastered mono versions of things Mm -hmm. like people rightfully get very um picky and can get uppity or judgmental uh-huh. about caring about those sorts of things. But if it is really personally meaningful to you to listen to a piece of music as the artist intended, yeah, it is almost inevitable to start going down a path like that of just like, I want high quality headphones. I would mm-hmm. like a good like stereo amplifier. Yeah. Like records just have that. They do just not every, some people like, swear that there's no difference but there's Mm -hmm. a noticeable warmth for me i think because it is like the kind of like the hiss and the the pops of like dust and things on it it's like that wasn't supposed to be there but it feels very authentic to especially older music when it wouldn't have been made
0: i agree i don't know if it's like something that's completely just like i'm putting it in there it adds a element of like the sort of the present Mm. um into something that feels like it's from a different era.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah, so which can make listening to stuff, even stuff that's made with vinyl in mind, from present day almost feel a little more sterile. Mm-hmm. Like it age on records. It oh gosh, it almost is like there's a vintage, mm-hmm. like a literal like almost like a wine of like it's breaking down but it becomes something just as good in a different way yeah um i'm a big believer in that about a lot of things um i think you are too mr fermentation (laughs) um yeah but i i will never make fun of somebody for listening on spotify exclusively and never owning physical music in their life yeah
0: no i mean like i don't really own any physical music at all at this point but yeah
1: which I mean, part of which because you were so generous as to give me some of your records and CDs and stuff. Yeah, but I think
0: I just prefer to acquire books.
1: Yeah. Uh, you you picked your poison. Yeah. I ch- I chose music. <laughs> you chose books.
0: Books and kombucha.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is. I mean, I think that for me was so natural because like between the show and listening to music and having a decent music listening mm-hmm. setup and personal music equipment. It's like it all, there's a, God, I hate to use a corporate buzzword, but there's a certain <laughs> level of synergy between my passions where it's like yeah, I can turn the podcast into an avenue for recording music into an avenue for having recorded music that I'm listening to. It's like it's, I can see every step of the process. Mm-hmm. And so even if I never make a, an album or try one and it's bad, it it will be so... Fulfilling to have a, to have tried and to have overseen every step of yeah. that process, yeah. I and I don't think I give myself enough credit for having something something like that in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to like downplay it, yeah. but it's just because it's so time consuming and requires so much creativity. Yeah, on the like the music creation part especially, but even for the show, mm-hmm. like we put a lot of effort into probably less than some people, but <laughs> we put a lot of effort into making. we, we have a vision for it. You know, mm. like we tend to have similar opinions on things. sometimes, I can be a little bit pushier with the technical side of things just because I'm so used to it. but like we know where we how we want this to be, yeah, um, and it's so satisfying like again, like it doesn't matter if one or a million people listen to this. it's like we're doing it because we we like what we're doing in the finished product,, mm-hmm. so it's hey you don't have something like that in your life, <laughs> find one.
0: Everybody needs three hobbies. One that pays the bills. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, on that note, welcome to Ollie Fons Motorcycle Club, everybody. <laughs>
1: the only podcast about books.
0: <laughs> the only podcast about
1: Lord of the Rings? Question mark? We'll get to it. <laughs> um, actually, we will. <laughs> um, my name's Matthew. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I'm Drew. And we're uh, your your co-hosts here on Oliphant's Motorcycle Club. This week, we're going to be talking about chapters 9 and 10 of The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah.
0: This is the chapters where it finally gets back on track with where I want to be based on what I know about the movies. That's right.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so chapter 9 is at... At the sign of the prancing pony.
1: And before we jump in, should we just do a brief little recap?
0: Uh, yeah. Is there anything in particular you wanted to remind?
1: Just that it's about. We, they, the the hobbits went through the old forest. They yeah. met up with old oh. Tommy Two Bags, Tommy Tommy <laughs> B, Tommy Bombadil, and um, made it out alive. Uh, hey, come on, people! I don't have all day. You don't, you don't know what happened to the Barrow Downs. <laughs> Go back and listen, you scamps. I'm not telling you everything. Hey,
0: what happens in the Barrow Downs stays in the Barrow
1: Downs. Hell and right. It
0: definitely doesn't make its
1: way into the movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so by that metric, really, you can't be missing too, too much. Because <laughs> Peter Jackson, hey, notoriously brief with his movies. <laughs> For real. <laughs> um, But... The hobbits get through unscathed with some help from old Tommy B. Tom Bombadillo. T-Bomba. Um, <laughs> he helps them out, and they get through. And now they have come up on the city of Bree. Yeah. So we we kind of open up with just a little bit of background on what mm-hmm. Bree is and a little bit of the history. Drew, did you have any kind of things that caught your eye here?
0: Um, it seemed like it was just very much a, like, like a crossroads type culture. Yeah. You know? So that was that was very interesting because it's like, it, it seems like there's just as many like Hobbit members of the population as human. Yeah.
1: I'm getting real there are stars in the southern sky southward as you go vibe. <laughs> no. <laughs> <Just going around>. <laughs> um <laughs> I take much more humorous notes than you do, I think. Yeah. Um, I all I wrote down cuz it's talking about the inhabitants of Bree and it it sounds like it's a real who's who of the uh the races of Middle-earth. Yeah. We got some There's some the, hobbits of various ilks. Yeah,
0: the occasional dwarf it mm-hmm. even said
1: um, uh representatives of the race of man um
0: Bree-folk if I Bree-folk if,
1: if I may. may. Um and really the the overall vibe here is like the, the the big folk, like the humans in particular...
0: Oh, yeah, I like that they have an agreement to just call each other the big folk and the yeah. little folk. <laughs> it's
1: it's very nice. It's very playful. <laughs> um, But they... Both the hobbits that inhabit there and the humans that live there both kind of claim to be, like, one of the oldest kind of, like, iterations of the species, having, mm. like, like... Oh, yeah. A, like an established village of some sort They're in like middle earth
0: the descendants of uh like the hobbits from their claim to be the descendants of the hobbits in the shire yeah. or like descended from the earliest hobbits yeah. like direct lineage basically yeah
1: and so brie is not really like i mean it's a famous place but mostly and like there are a couple of mentions throughout the chapter of like not the reputation of Brie per se, but the reputation of those that frequent Brie. Mm-hmm. And it's very like, it's just travelers are passing through constantly and there's always strange happenings. Yeah, and there's, there's there's like a. There's a,
0: like rangers that come in from the north and they're very mysterious and they like usually don't cause trouble. So they're. But they're, they're not like popular either because they tend to come across as pretty shady amongst yeah. the Brie folk. And it's like. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 meet one ranger in particular, um,
1: Drew. Don't spoil it.
0: But <laughs> I don't know. I got some questions about all of these rangers, though.
1: Well, let's let's save it for when we get there. Yeah, you want to kind okay. of make a mental note. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, it's coming yeah. up quick. Um, but because of all this strangeness, hey, there's even a there's even another good saying in here. Strange is news from Bree real inventive that one <laughs> <laughs> but um we we basically just get a i mean talking like over and over even just at this point in the series is anytime we get a new place you're guaranteed like one and a half to three and a half paragraphs dedicated to mm-hmm. the lineage and geography yeah of a place
0: which i appreciate I it did too. very interesting
1: <laughs> For me, I I am sure I've mentioned this it, before on the show. I have trouble picturing things without yeah. an associated picture. So the movies are a big help, but honestly these descriptions do a good job of painting a scene. Yeah.
0: But uh, it's also it's like you can tell that like this it's this exact trait that causes so many people to think of him as so like like cuz it's not like pertinent to the story at all right. in any way. So it's just an extra layer of detail that he's sort of committed himself to adding each time, yes. For I guess just because he liked doing it,
1: and I'm sure <laughs> you know, I hey takes one to know one. I'm sure even if he didn't have adaptations or drawings or whatever in mind whenever he was mm-hmm. writing, I'm sure he is protective of protective enough that he said. I have a very specific vision of what I'm picturing here. Yeah. I don't want it to go unsaid just for the sake of brevity. Or right. is brevity it, the
0: right word? Yeah. Yeah. Like briefness. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. I think I was thinking of levity. <laughs> My bad people. We'll probably cut that. <laughs> um but but yeah, it's like it, it is nice, so you can't misunderstand yeah. at least the physical nature of the setting
0: yeah and especially thinking about his like academic background it and at least considering how my creative instincts i feel are similar Mm -hmm. um probably from his perspective there was a little bit of like this is the part that i find interesting and so like (laughs) really everything else is just framing this these interesting facts i came up with about the like anthropology yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe that's me projecting onto him but i it's that's that how i tend to do enough. that kind of stuff you know and yeah you have to there has to be a there's a, or there's an obvious level of uh personal interest in that yeah. just in the way that it's like clearly added with such careful detail
1: yeah well after we get our brief description of brie and its history um we get frodo and company coming up on the gate we got a dang gatekeeper real <laughs> nosy nelly this one <laughs> he's asking strange questions and really pressing them on their their identities it's a good thing they uh came up with a alternate name for frodo to go by yeah He's a uh, Mr. Underhill <laughs> who's asking. <laughs> um, he does mention this gatekeeper before he lets them. He, he, he's just probing them because he's like, there have been strange happenings about, and we got to. I, yeah. I, I don't need to know everything, but I'm doing <laughs> my due diligence. But he does mention um, that, or does he mention about the Black Riders? Or is that the implication about the strange folk about? I feel uh, like it's the it implication. It seems like,
0: yeah, that's why they're sort of more on guard, I think, but it isn't, like, with Frodo specifically. Right. They're suspicious.
1: But the characters are able to kind of, like, they're a little bit cagey, but yeah, they're nice enough, and he lets them in, just yeah. like, hey, my bad. But it was just the quickest of quick sides before they move into Bree, A... Dark figure hops over the gate while the oh, gatekeeper yeah. is kind of watching them go off into the city.
0: That's so spooky.
1: I think we got potentially some sort of black rider on our hands, Drew. I don't know about you. Riders on the storm. That's what I'm saying. Hey, can we... I don't think we're going to be able to get some riders on the storm playing in the background. <laughs> I don't want... Was that the doors? I don't want Jim Morrison's <laughs> ghost haunting me.
0: On the night before Christmas, too. What?
1: Was that a reference to,
0: um, Dickens?
1: Dickens. <laughs> like Charles Carroll? Yeah. What about it?
0: Um, isn't he? Isn't doesn't that take place the night before Christmas? Right. <laughs> and he's visited by a ghost. Oh, Jesus. multiple ghosts.
1: I thought this was some kind of like Jim Morrison or the Doors centric <laughs> reference, not just the frame of the the Jim Morrison joke. <laughs> he's got the. Scrooge
0: has the business partner. Yeah. Jacob Morrison. So in this in this
1: <laughs> case, am I Scrooge? Jim Scrooge. Scrooge, and Jim Morrison is the ghost which ghost of Christmas?
0: I'm thinking of it more as a Jacob Marley situation.
1: Ah, uh, okay. So he's, he's But it could
0: be they're all ghosts technically, which is that's weird. true.
1: Hmm. Much to think about.
0: I want they need to make a, a Christmas Carol expanded universe. <laughs> Yes. I need the lore on the other ghosts. Jacob
1: Marley prequel, <laughs> Jacob Marley two, <laughs> Scrooge's revenge.
0: <laughs> but like, why is Ghost of Christmas Past? I think mm-hmm. the like really jolly. Why is he so jolly?
1: Because all the Christmases used to be jolly.
0: Oh whoa!
1: And then the the greedy businessman took over. And they tried to pinch every penny out of the holidays. They made it not about the reason for the season. They made it about (laughs) cha-ching bucks.
0: Wait, what is the dollars? What's the ghost of Christmas Present like?
1: Um, isn't that the like which Muppet is he portrayed by? I forget, (laughs) but isn't it the like the spooky little girl?
0: Is there a spooky little girl?
1: <laughs> I think maybe in just one version. But we a...
0: need to look this up now. Oh,
1: gosh. <laughs> we will cut around this as needed. <laughs> just making a note of myself now. It's
0: okay. Most of it's just them drinking and being merry. That's this true. This chapter, which is nice. Yeah. But, okay, I'm going to be Ghost of Christmas Present.
1: I'm pretty sure Past is the nice one. The middle is kind of like where he's like, in some adaptations, he's like, flying and being led by it's not necessarily oh, wait, the ghost girl. of
0: christmas present seems to be the nice one
1: oh who's the past one then what is that the little girl Man, or like the it's not a little girl it's like a spectral like angel maybe, kind of figure
0: maybe next christmas we will read uh a christmas carol so that we we can answer all of these questions
1: mm, much to think about if you do not write that down i will not remember <laughs> <laughs> we
0: have it in in uh audio format Okay.
1: I don't listen to these, Drew. Not even when I'm editing. That's why they're <laughs> so bad when they come out.
0: Okay. What's the final verdict? I cannot tell. It just seems like he's a guy.
1: All right. I. What I will oh, say... Oh, wait. There, there.
0: Is a Chris, uh, there is, like, a little girl. I'm looking so. at, like, Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> oh, for the Muppets like, Christmas Carol?
0: No, <laughs> that would have been better, honestly. No, I'm, like... It's just, like, drawings from the, like... Eighteenth and nineteenth century oh. of like those representations oh, of these characters, although so it's given me nothing.
1: And this is pertinent to Lord of the Rings, pretty sure. Ghost of Christmas Future, very uh, ring wraith like, if I must say, mm. lots of various chains and uh, <laughs> balls and spikes, <laughs> clinks and clacks,
0: and chains and whips. Hey, excite them, yeah. <laughs>
1: It's a dang Rihanna situation. <laughs> um, what the hell was that a <laughs> tangent on? <laughs> what on earth? What were we, I am so sorry. What the hell were we talking about? Uh, I oh, know. Jim Morrison, Riders on the Storm. <laughs> Where? How did we get? We there? were just
0: talking about the the Black Riders. I think.
1: Sure. Let's, um, let's anyway. Move they on. make it.
0: They they're walking it through the town and they make it to the Prancing Pony which is an inn which an inn sounds like the place to be in this I time period I agree
1: you got any you got food lodging drink stables yeah potentially water for the horses to drink yeah but also maybe you could get a drink because maybe you're really thirsty and you don't mind
0: yeah get and, a shepherd's pie
1: and maybe you get really sick after you drink for the horse <laughs> trough yeah <laughs> <laughs> And maybe stop asking me why I'm drinking from the horse drop. <laughs> I just I prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just get passionate about horse drops. <laughs> um, so I everything about the movies led me to believe that the prancing pony was just the bar. Yeah. It's not made as clear. I don't think just to save time. Maybe. But it was like it went in the description it was like two separate buildings. Yeah. W- part of one of them is the prancing pony. I think all yeah. of it's called the prancing pony. Um or maybe it's the Bri- I think inn. it's just
0: implied that like an inn has both
1: things. Yeah. But it's just a real nice establishment, but um These dang Breland gentrifiers (laughs) coming in and ruining everything. I bet the Prancing pony's going to have to move out. The rent's so high. Yeah. (laughs) Disgraceful. Um, Also, we got to talk about it as soon as we bring out the Prancing Pony. When are we going to start a beef with the Prancing Pony podcast? (laughs) Do I look like this is a laughing matter, Drew? I'm deathly serious. I've never listened to them. Me neither. I bet they suck. Yeah. Don't you dare listen to them. Yeah. If you have been listening to us and you switch and we, because we can see the metrics, people. <laughs> if you stop listening and switch, ooh, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> There's other podcasts that deserve your attention, but not one of these <laughs> dang nerd Lord of the Rings podcasts. We're the cool one. Yeah. Come unless, on, y'all.
0: Unless they want to promote our show.
1: Yeah. I'm sure they're nice people, in which case that was a parody.
0: Maybe you're listening to the back catalog, like, Two years from now, and we have just—you've just gotten into us because we've made an appearance on the Prancing <laughs> Pony Pod.
1: I'm having a psychic vision of the same thing, and and honestly, if that's the yeah. case,
0: you know, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for making it this far. <laughs> yeah,
1: we are Ollie Fonce Motorcycle Club, and we are so happy you've joined us for this journey. Well, anyways, um, <laughs> they're greeted by. Another awesomely named character, Barleyman Butterbur. <laughs> I thought
0: you were going to talk about Nob.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, don't worry. We're going to get to Nob. We always do. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, Barleyman procures beds and stables for the Hobbits, although he is. Qu- it's a regular the end turning away Mary and Joseph in Jerusalem or wherever the yeah, hell situation. Like, He's like. If y'all weren't so dang little, I don't think we'd be able to house you. There's a lot of (laughs) anti-Hobbit bias when you enter the world of big folk, as it turns out.
0: But I got major, like, grind set vibes from Barleyman Butterbird. Did you also
1: get that? Big time. He's not... He's bulking up. Don't make fun of him. He's going (laughs) to lose the weight. (laughs) He's cultivating mass.
0: He's just like, I am like a entrepreneur of this in i feel like oh yeah he's like i want every customer to be as happy as possible he
1: has people he has hustle mindset in the like in the year 1418 of our lord he
0: has like a side hustle as like a gandalf's mailman true question
1: (laughs) you can't get that far ahead (laughs) oh that's it it's fine it's not like it's spoilers i know but we're trying to go somewhat chronological here
0: it it's fine. It's It's the same episode. As chronological. Of, hey, it's
1: chronicle of a death foretold. People and the death <laughs> Drew's, for giving us so many dang spoilers. <laughs> um, he procures for them also a. It's kind of like I think that it's called a parlor, but it's just basically just like uh like a think of it like a VIP room at the Prancing <laughs> Pony. They have bottle service. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is real expensive for just one. You know, there's like <laughs> God. I want a little mini keg, like you always see in this kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a foot and a oh, half tall. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I'm so intrigued by the fact that all of these inns are just supposed to have been making their own beer.
1: Yeah, their rules. That's so cool. <laughs> but it is in insanely expensive for just one of those. It's like sixty yeah. bucks. Yeah. But anyway, um. So, But it's just real nice and quiet. They got some food. Um, they're able to put their feet up by the fire. It's a nice situation.
0: It's a real, like, Hogwarts common room situation, I felt. Like, that, la- that level of coziness.
1: Oh, and quick sidebar, the meal that they get when they come in, it's just like a little spread that they've got. Wait, Here?
0: Matthew, they talk about the meals in this?
1: I know. <laughs> but listen to this. I mean, meat aside, hot soup. Blackberry tart, bread loaves, Damn. slabs of butter, half a ripe cheese, as Tolkien says, good plain food, as good as the shire could show, and homelike enough to dispel the last of Sam's misgivings. <laughs> (Parentheses) Already much bu- relieved by the excellence of the beer. Ooh. So beer plus that food. Yeah. That sounds like a good evening. That
0: sounds like a you're gonna sleep hard that night. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna unbuckle your pants and your tummy's it, gonna pop out and you're gonna <laughs> rub it real soft. <laughs> And then you're going to, um, whenever you sleep, you got like a little nightcap. Keep
0: falling in your mouth.
1: God, that is one thing. Where is that kind of whimsy in the world today? Yeah. I mean, besides Drake, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I just want to carry a candle around and wear some like, wipe the sleep out of my eyes. Wear some like nice pajamas and a, a stocking cap. <laughs> Just be living in the woods, tending tend to my, my own business. <laughs>
0: Man, I bet after their meal that they have them in the Prancing Pony, they had, the, it was like when they were going to bed, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I bet their beds are so like, they're like, the, the everything's cold, but it's like you can tell you're going to be really warm yeah, once, yeah. You, once you warm it's gonna it up. It's going to take a little warming up. And it's but like, yeah. like, the room is really cold
1: you know yeah
0: but they're just so full of like carbs and <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah good stuff um
0: let's let's manifest that first yes, tonight
1: <laughs> we're trying um they uh so they they sit for a little bit and but then they're like hey we got to hit the we got to hit the dance floor <laughs> we got to go out into the common area
0: and they hit the the mother effing quan Right That's... on the table.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're we're getting to it, Drew. Um, the names. So they they go in and we hear some of the names of like the people that are there. Because I think, I mean, I, it's hard for me to imagine walking into a bar and then having to like say who you are to everybody and then one by one introduce themselves. Yeah, but apparently this is what happens to the hobbits. Um, but we get some excellent names. For, like some of the, the men of Brie, we got Rushlight, we got Goatleaf, Heather oh, Toes, yeah. Appledore.
0: Oh, it said they were all botanically named, right?
1: Thistle Wool, Fernie. Yeah, Fernie.
0: There was one named Mugwort later,
1: Drew. I <laughs> wrote a note specifically that you were going to be so happy that <laughs> there was a character named Mugwort. <laughs> I was like, it's real, <laughs> it's a regular uh, Earl Jarl situation. <laughs> Same
0: root, fun That's fact. fact, Mugwort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you know that "wart" means just good for?
1: Oh, good like, for good for drinking in a mug.
0: It is because it was used before hops to flavor beer, oh. and so it's like it's good for putting in your mug.
1: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but I just wanted hey, apropos of nothing. Those names just killed me. Yeah, so nice. Um, I wish people
0: from like. I wish it was just normal for, I guess, people in our general v- vicinity to have botanical or, like, theme names like that. Whereas, like, everybody from a particular town just has, like, we're all named after plants.
1: That would be cool. <laughs> in real life, though, let's admit, like, the the first thought I usually have is, like, oh, it's just, like, <laughs> eye roll of, like, <laughs> okay... Someone thinks they're so much or someone's parents thinks they're so much better. <laughs> but in reality it's like, no, I I gotta kill the critic within me. In reality, having floral names, that would be so nice. <laughs> that'd be so much nicer than meeting someone on the street named Truxton. Are you kidding me? Yeah.
0: We should as a culture just like collectively every family should just reassess their like values and we should we should all have a bunch more like crests and stuff and everybody should you know how, like, families... Hold you- the door
1: for women and, like... <laughs> yeah, you know f- I, I think you're saying something, like, more conservative, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know how families used to have, like, defined morals based on, like, their name and stuff like that? Like, I guess, Drew, like... This is this think, gets into fascism it-
1: so quickly. Wait, what? I'm just saying, think about all the people in your life that are, like, nuts for crests. I love crests I like and flags crests. and stuff. It is just
0: interesting. It is
1: interesting, but most people... Don't think it's interesting. They want to <laughs> die or kill in the name of it. It gets very dicey, very fast. Is all I'm saying. Well, we'll just I,
0: define the parameters when we. I
1: appreciate I appreciate the it for the same reasons that you're saying, but. Ooh is is dangerous territory (laughs) also and not for nothing we run the risk of a regular i'm 132nd cherokee situation Mm. if we're because you know as soon as people get a hold of some crests they're gonna start tracing that back That's true especially with 23 and me oh yeah yeah and then things could get worse not better Mm. i say whatever the secular version is of having crests i want that (laughs) <laughs> like mottos how about mottos <laughs> why not a motto drew do we have to have a, a banner to wave along with it
0: i think that I, I just think they're fun
1: to be clear i love ban i am a vexillologist people i love <laughs> me some flags but ain't worth dying for one i didn't, you made it about this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> i'm just i hey Drew's the optimist on the pessimist <laughs> he's always gonna assume it gives people higher morals because they got a, some kind of family code I assume that it makes I get them no, turn, I just, they're gonna turn to the Hatfields and McCoy's and I just you know want it.
0: everybody to have themes more often I I'm think. fine with that and it's like themes like I want fine. I want it I want Drew, families hey. to decide if they're a bear family or a whale
1: family for example Hey, ever heard of aesthetics <laughs> fair <laughs> people are getting their own aesthetic that's their theme that's what I'm saying it's a but the problem is that's more of a like a material thing and less of a yeah ideological thing
0: like I think if we just set a like a criteria list of like everybody should come up up with a family animal <laughs> a family motto motto was good
1: <laughs> okay
0: what's something else we
1: could do? State bird.
0: <laughs> the state bird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I got bad news if you're from Georgia. It's the brown thrasher. I love I love thrashers, but there are better birds out there, believe you me.
0: Yeah, that's I agree. I was let down when I found out that it was gonna be the brown thrasher. I bet I hope there was whoever was tasked with coming up with that. I hope they had a good reason for it.
1: <laughs> I hope they took a long look in the mirror <laughs> and think about what they did. <laughs> and again I say, What the hell are we talking about? Oh, your three things. Kinda sounds like uh maybe we should go in business be like a one world government type type beat. Yeah. Yeah. Institute family crest. We could <laughs> it sounds like you just want us to return to feudalism, true. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but ev- like with a with a middle class. <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> That's immediately my, I,
1: after feudalism, yeah, capitalism. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: That's sort of my ideal economic system. <laughs> I would say so.
1: I think we should do more to institute it, not less. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, was that the ice maker? Yeah. Okay. Oh, did we put that pie in the freezer? I did. Yes. Oh, we you. got we God. got a cookies and cream icebox pie waiting for us. Cheese. And some. Voodoo chips. Oh yeah. A regular boys' night in. Oh yeah. Plus Elena. Yeah. People's night in. <laughs> Comrades. The people's night in. <laughs> <laughs> Sees the, the snacks of production. <laughs> um, oh so man, we it... are getting off the rails this episode. <laughs> Let's just try and um, through this.
0: They made friends with the people in the
1: in the inn. But someone needs to tell Pippin, loose lips sink ships. Oh, my god! Because this man this is talking about any old thing in the Shire to has anyone that, that will listen. Has
0: Frodo explicitly mentioned to them yet that they can't say anything about it to anybody? He, it seems like they he must have, but, like...
1: I, I think he is like me and has trust issues and is like, hey, I'm going by an assumed name. We have, like, a dangerous purpose that we've already discussed the implication is don't talk about who we are or what we do at the bar with strangers right and what does pippin do i'm starting to think maybe he was trying to get some action because he was <laughs> he was running out of uh his uh, his uh pickup lines and moved on to t- talking about bilbo's 111st birthday party that happened how
0: like oh at this God. point yeah like 20
1: years in the past get a
0: life pippin <laughs>
1: like old age pensioners
0: yeah Good I didn't lord. even think about that, but yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and it's I was like, like, oh, hey, it's just the most thing- recent interesting thing that happened. Uh- yeah. <laughs> and
1: and how A, how's it gonna be that fresh? And B, is that what you fall back on? The one thing directly related <laughs> to your dangerous quest? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm starting to think Pippa might have ADHD I or think something. It, he's a fool of a took. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Good lord. Um but
0: they stop him in time. He doesn't actually yeah. say anything about it. Yeah, but, but then, like... Frodo was not digging it, Frodo... Though. He... He... Rev- does worse to re- actually revealing them. Oh, pretty much immediately after.
1: But after, he meets <laughs> one operating- of the most important characters that you brought up earlier. <laughs> and then Skip... <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm operating
0: off of zero notes currently. I, I'm just gonna, I'm <laughs> oh, gonna be honest. <laughs> Drew, believe
1: you me. Anyone listening knows. <laughs> Frodo, you know it's it's kind of a boy meets girl meets world <laughs> situation. Frodo is staring across the bar. I guess it's more of a meet cute. Sorry, I'm mixing metaphors here. Um, he locks eyes across the bar with a steely haired. Highly stubbled uh, man in dark clothes in a hood. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one spooky looking ranger. And Butterbur is talking with Frodo and he's like, Oh, that guy's a ranger. They like disappear for days or sometimes months at a time. Kind of a drifter. Kind of like popular loner vibes, I would say. <laughs> um,. But it's, like, very obvious that he's a ranger in the sense that we might think of anyone kind of thought of as a ranger in those times of, like, tracker, like... He's sk- more of a
0: game warden, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, you know, more like... power than the government. He, Like, he's good. He's good,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's good. <laughs> with, like, tracking and, uh, like, foraging and survival skills and combat he could be a mercenary if he wanted to, but he seems slightly more benevolent. That's kind of what we're talking mm-hmm. about here, like uh, just kind of survivalist. It's like you know, for what hire.
0: A, yeah, like whenever you play ranger character in D anD D.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like that. You're playing him. Yeah, basically. That's I mean, that's honestly, definitely that's what like what
0: that was based off of. Yes, I think <laughs> definitely,
1: or I would presume. Um, but he also. Just he he kind of points out Strider, but Strider and Frodo don't interact yet, and he also warns him like, "Hey, your friends are kind of making a scene and like <laughs> selling you down the river for yeah. a dang song." Um, come on, Pippin. <laughs> but um, I believe at this point, um, he he kind of goes up to Strider, and is talking with him briefly. And Strider also is like, hey, um, your friend is like acting a fool. Mm-hmm. Um and so Frodo is like, Don't worry, I got this. <laughs> and to your point earlier, hits the dang nay-nay <laughs> right on the table. <laughs> he is he is burning. He's doing it all, folks. That's a throwback. one man Harlem Shake. <laughs> <laughs> but he my man is Harlem Shaking. he he is opac gangnam styling <laughs> so hard that he well no he okay so he doesn't, he doesn't immediately start <laughs> dancing he he's, he's singing he introduces himself after he's like oh hello everyone like pippin <laughs> shut the hell up like and they're like sing us a song master <laughs> and he's like okay here's three and a half pages of text <laughs> double spaced just a song that yeah bilbo came up with about ends um <laughs> And he gets so into it on the second verse. Or no, second rendition. They have (laughs) him sing it again. Second verse. Same as as the first, first. literally. Except for when you sing the line about a cow going over the moon. Do not. (laughs) I repeat, do not have too much pep in your step. Because Frodo hops up, clicks his heels or something, (laughs) and then he falls. And what else but the ring of power. (laughs) The most powerful weapon in the dang universe He's so stupid. Slips <laughs> onto his finger. I think his hand is in his pocket. And he's like wriggling around. Is it? He's got a hurt tummy because he's got anxiety. The the movie,
0: <laughs> I feel like, like sev- several, t- <laughs> <laughs> several times he, like, it gets thrown in the air and he, like, sticks well, his finger up and it me, just falls in on In slow motion, catch it on my finger. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like, you think that's how it worked? I, no, because <laughs> it talks about him putting his hand in his pocket. He's fidgeting. Oh, yeah. And, like, He's, he's getting too boisterous, and I think he slips his hand into it. Although, yeah. how big are these pockets that you can even do that? I don't know. Who knows? Suspension of disbelief. It's a,
0: it's a hand-shaped pocket, and he had the <laughs> ring in the but, ring finger.
1: But all, in the ring finger pocket, there's a second sewn-in <laughs> layer where you can hold a ring at appropriate height so you don't have to fish it at the bottom.
0: Yeah, and it's like oriented in a way that a finger can just go through it. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: kind of like a trap for some animals. <laughs> it's like you can go in but not out. Um, it. Hey, folks, you can't give the hobbits much. They were they were ahead of the curve in Their terms pocket of pocket craft. design. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, have have I been able to achieve something so complex? No. <laughs> um, but he slinks away like a dang fool. <laughs> He he made an ass out of himself. Yeah. Everyone freaks the hell out obviously cuz they just saw someone disappear in yeah. front of them. And then he he's been over here being a douche to Pippin. I know. So he once he gets back to Strider, he's like back against the wall right beside him and takes it off and Strider's like, "Way to go, jackass." <laughs> Like, you did worse than your friend, and he was, like, literally giving away who you were. (laughs) Like, you just drew all of the forces of evil in Middle-earth to our location, essentially. Way to go. Hey, some of us are smart fellas. Frodo, I'd say he's more of a fart smeller. (laughs) i
0: I'm so happy you said that.
1: (laughs) Oh... But <laughs> man, this is this is an all timer. I can already tell. Um, <laughs> Frodo is like he's kind of like oh, like he's, <laughs> he's being emo about it, and Strider's like, "Look, Mister Underhill, if that is your name," <laughs> and Frodo's like, "What?" Um, he's like basically he lets slip like, "Hey." I know your name's not really Underhill, mm-hmm. which catches Frodo off guard, but he basically is like, um, I don't remember. I think that's basically where it ends. Frodo kind of like, yeah, he he kind of slinks off. But Butterbur is, oh no, I remember. Strider's basically like, I would like to have a private conversation with you, like in the VIP room. <laughs> we're gonna get some henny. We'll be good. <laughs> we'll have the music bumping. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, Strider's like, we need to talk, but he he doesn't reveal much more than that. And then Frodo's just getting proposition left and right. Berber's like, hey man, I'm kind of feeling sus about something. Can we also speak in private? Now Frodo's got two dang conversations to mm-hmm. contend with. Mm-hmm. Too much.
0: He's running back and forth between them, acting like he's only having yeah, one conversation. Changing
1: clothes. He's making up elaborate backstories <laughs> about why it's taken so long. He's like, oh, I had to go drink out of the horse trough. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's good. <laughs> and then at the end of the night, he picks one private conversation to go with, but he makes up with the other person, lets him know yeah. they're a nice person, <laughs> and that he was sorry they, they got a crazy kid caught up in <laughs> such a such mischief. <laughs> Kind of tussles their hair. <laughs> well, the uh, Butterbur coming up to them. Um, now we got those two private conversations happening. That takes us to the end of chapter nine and into chapter 10 called Strider.
0: Strider on the
1: stool. <laughs> you know what would be really funny? What? I'm getting like a premonition about like what if we, hear me out. What if we talked about Jim Morrison and then <laughs> Muppets Christmas Carol for like, I don't know, conservatively the next 16 to 25 minutes? I think
0: we could do 30.
1: <laughs> Just really stretch it out. We'll, yeah, we'll dive deep into Muppets lore. About. Yeah. Hey. Sam Eagle. Rolf.
0: Michael Caine.
1: That too. <laughs> Mash the wine. <laughs>
0: Michael
1: Caine. <laughs> I'm gonna cut my Michael Caine voice, <laughs> and maybe yours too. So don't get too high and mighty. Michael Caine. <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. Right, I would expect nothing less from the linguistics fan. <laughs> so they they make their way back to the kind of like secluded VIP room kind of space. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: did your did your version of this chapter also have the F slur? in like the first paragraph. <laughs> oh, yeah. um,
1: actually it's a bundle of sticks. I, yeah, it actually is in this case. Yeah,
0: I, I knew that that's what he meant, but it was like,
1: whoa, it was like, it really
0: popped out of the page. I feel like,
1: yeah, Drew was like, I would, I was in the room when you were reading it. And I would say like, you got flush and immediately much more interested in the book. <laughs> you were like, whoa. oh, finally someone who agrees with my dangerous ideas. <laughs>
0: I feel like but I'm reading one of my pamphlets.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> we were sorely disappointed whenever you found out he just meant firewood. <laughs> Parody. We're kidding. <laughs> um but Strider's waiting for all the hobbits, except for Mary, which we'll get to, um, in the room, and everyone is like, What? He's like, Hey, I'll uh I'll come on board, but I've got a <laughs> fee and everyone's like, Oh, come on, man. Yeah. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. when y'all were in the forest, I thought I heard somebody say, "Don't say the name Baggins, say Underhill." <laughs> it's like, so like I get that he's trying to convince them, like, oh, like I'm really sneaky and well informed, but it's like he could have been any old boy just <laughs> sitting in the trees listening. Like that's not a special skill, but like, yeah. I don't know. He's not being very convincing yet, um, but he did know that they were concealing their identity at least Frodo's identity and so the the jig is kind of up um but he also tells them that well part of the reason why this was so easy for him which he should have just led with the whole dang time is that he's been tasked with finding them and was told the name Frodo Baggins <laughs> so like yeah. I don't know maybe he didn't lead with that to, like
0: lead with being having spying Having been spied on them. Yeah, if
1: anything, that's going to make your case harder if you're yeah. trying to get them to trust you. But I digress. I'm not a ranger. I don't know their ways. <laughs> um, but the big thing is that he notes that, like, black riders have been repeatedly appearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, on top of that, there are some kind of... It's a regular Mose Isley Cantina situation. Regular hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of bad characters in uh, in old Breeland um, Yeah. That'll uh sell you out for the right price or it, it reminded, sneak on you.
0: It reminded me of like Riften in Skyrim, where the oh, thieves yeah. guild is.
1: Yeah, all those thieves. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> um, and Sam and Frodo are immediately like, um, "Nah, man. Like, sorry, but <laughs> we we don't know you. <laughs> like, yeah, this is." Like we've you've already you already know too much of, like they're not into it. They're like, you know too much already and we don't know what to do, but you're not coming with us. Mm-hmm. Um but who should appear but Butterbur, he decided in the middle of this private conversation, now's a great time <laughs> to come in and have another private conversation. <laughs> but thankfully, um he is like, Y'all are not gonna believe this. <laughs> Somebody came here a while ago, talking about you, or actually multiple times. Like one guy, like gave me a description and was looking for someone who matched a like a description of Frodo's physical characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "But three months ago, who else but our pal Gandalf mm-hmm. stopped by? He was the gray."
0: That Butterbur was like we had a bet going.
1: Wait, <laughs> <laughs> see I, I'm if get-
0: anybody would actually be here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I've got a I'm getting ahead of ourselves here, storyline wise. But you know how like when people get married, uh, if they change their names, it's like something nay or is it what? Uh, how's it yeah. pronounced? Like I think something it's just nay. nay, like Gandalf the White, nay the Grey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah that happened in this chapter <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah we're, we're we're just quoting folks um <laughs> but he left a note for them um he
0: it basically answers all of the questions about like why gandalf hasn't been able like able to respond to anything or isn't showing up anywhere
1: yeah, so
0: it's still nondescript because it's still Gandalf talking, but it's yeah. like
1: and well, and also if someone were he's to at intercept least telling it,
0: them he's not going to be able to meet them. Yeah,
1: right. he speaks pretty vaguely um, because if someone were to intercept it, yeah, like he he one of he had, he has a couple of postscripts. One about trusting. <laughs> he's so many. <laughs> yeah, he has one about trusting Aragorn or oh Strider. <laughs> His name is Aragorn, Strider-Gon. but he also says that in the letter. Yeah. Are we are we committed to calling yeah, him Aragorn from just here call on him out? Aragorn. Okay. Son cool. of Arathorn. He's strider to those unfamiliar. He he's Aragorn, son of Arathorn, Aragorn
0: as... to those even less familiar. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he can like shape shit the first owner situation. <laughs> um but yeah, like basically Gandalf says, you know, I had to depart hastily. He doesn't say where to. I think he's being deliberately vague. Mm-hmm. Um he's like, "You can trust Butterbur." Um, he'll make sure that you're in a good position. Mm -hmm. Um, he also notes that he can trust Aragorn because they had met and like discussed separately. Mm -hmm. Um, but Aragorn, um, it still is like, I don't know why they're opening a letter like with Gandalf seal signed on it. And they're still like, I don't know. We still are like having trouble trusting you. (laughs) He's like, Look, I'm I am Aragorn, son of Arathorn, mm-hmm. naturally, and he basically he goes from being kind of cagey and like asking them for money to like pledging his fealty to them. So it's like, all right, I don't think they have to give him anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, they. He also, and like while like but so Butterbur comes and gives them the note and leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, But while he's still there, Aragorn is also talking more specifically about the Black Riders and notes that they're from Mordor, which is the first time I think it's directly addressed in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, So Butterbur is naturally, like, freaked the hell out. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, no, that ain't good. Um, Yeah. So I think it's, it's starting to become a little more tangible to the Hobbits. Like, what sort of danger awaits them. So even yeah. get, despite their like despite their misgivings about Aragorn, it's becoming more and more clear, like, we're going to need somebody who isn't, like, four feet tall with, like, a <laughs> dagger. Or we're going to yeah. get our shit toe-up. Yeah, for real. From the flow-up. And who else
0: but Aragorn, son of Arathorn? Yeah. I really hope that's what his dad's name is. I think it is. I don't remember, though.
1: Mm, me neither. He's... Oh, also... Easter egg. He's got the shattered sword, which I forget the name of. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, this chapter also gives us the like poem with the like, not all who wandered are lost. True. And all of that stuff. It's just like a. It's like an email signature. (laughs) I, honestly. For Gandalf's note.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I glazed over it because I've like, I just so associate. That like not all who wander are lost line, with like cringy word art. Um Yeah. <laughs> so like my mind just kind of went on autopilot during that. But I think the reason it's word art is because it's like, it is. Not like transcendent. Like it's not that deep, but it's like oh yeah. Like I'm sure a lot of people connect with that. Yeah. So it's like oh maybe I need to give this. I didn't realize more due diligence.
0: that that poem also has the like a prophecy about Aragorn in it.
1: Yeah, which is the other funny part. Yeah, like in people like getting all, not all those who wander are lost. I tattoos was, is like this is a prophecy about <laughs> a specific lineage. Not all people. Yeah. Um, what do we got? We got a bunch of dang wanderlust stains on our hands.
0: <laughs> I I was surprised at how open they were about the fact that Aragorn is just like abandoning his post as king from the get go. You know.
1: Well, no, I I don't think it's clear yet.
0: Maybe, maybe I read into that enough to think that they were being open about it.
1: This, this is...
0: But, like, I mean... Aragorn,
1: s- ha, I don't think, has revealed... Like, I, maybe they know who Aerithorne is, but, like, I, oh, yeah. he is... yeah, I mean,
0: they probably don't, but it seems like... They're
1: trying to, like... Or, like, long-term in the story, he is trying to ascend back into his rightful place as king. Right. I think the nature of what comes to pass in the books is like the like the king of Gondor being deposed essentially, and that mm-hmm. just makes it very convenient for him to do that. Yeah, but like I don't know. I maybe we should do some more reading on that because I w- <laughs> I want to have a better idea at this point what everyone knows at this point in the story. Yeah, because I think fair. I think if they knew it or it was like immediately front of mind, it probably would have been talked about yeah right here but it's undeniable Gandalf is indirectly referencing this prophecy yeah so I I
0: mean I I think Gandalf and Aragorn know pretty much everything from the start of the story I think
1: it yeah 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 maybe that's where we're having some miscommunication here yes I think Gandalf and Aragorn both are like hey we're we're playing the long game on this one and the hobbits are like It's more important for you to know that I'm going to help you not die. The hobbits are like, got to deliver this parcel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously.
1: (laughs) Who are these eagles I've been hearing about? (laughs) Um, But Aragorn, basically, the hobbits, after he makes it clear that he is who he says he is, they're like, all right, we're on board. He's like, we need to set off for this hill north of Bree called Mm -hmm. Weathertop, and we'll have a better, like, Survey of the land around us and kind of can kind of make our plans from there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like implicitly to get y'all to rip uh Rivendell, which is mm-hmm. the next stop on the journey, yeah, of import. Um, but also that he has not seen he he says that he has not seen Gandalf in a long time, <laughs> so it's like it's still pretty up in the air as to like, yeah, where this is all actually headed. Um just about then they're starting to like they're so they've kind of like decided what they want to do. they're gonna set out in the morning mm-hmm. um but one of the hobbits mentions that they haven't seen Mary in a while, and Mary's been out this whole time um he barges in and he he is pale as a sheet. you think he's seen a ghost, maybe <laughs> even a ring wraith um he frantically kind of like it's like, oh my gosh like." I was outside and I noticed one of the black riders and I followed them, and I was like chilling behind a corner of a, like a cottage and I could hear them like whispering in some kind of like foreign tongue, like with lots of mm. hisses and stuff, you know, real evil stuff. <laughs> um, and then he like starts, he's like fearful and kind of like tries to turn around, but he just kind of like, it's almost like he goes into shock or something, mm-hmm. like it's paralyzed temporarily. But he gets rescued by, and hey, Drew, hit the people with that—that the that Hobbit we all know and love, <laughs> the uh, the, <laughs> the servant good, Hobbit, good old knob, <laughs> good old Nob, and that's N O B for the folks yeah, at home.
0: There ain't no K in that name.
1: Mm-hmm. He, um, he was sent out by Butterbur, presumably because of Gandalf's kind of uh, request that he make sure they stay alive. Yeah, to look for Mary since he had been out so long, and he gets rescued. 'Cause I think he was about to get snatched by some of the oh, yeah. the bad folks in Bree that oh, were yeah. like sympathizers to the black riders. <laughs> um but so so Mary's taken care of, but it is apparent like, y'all, we could get got tonight. <laughs> we thought we had some time before yeah. people figured out where we were with the black riders kind of knowing that we're in town. We got to be real careful mm-hmm. um, because, and I don't know if we mention it in detail, but like Frodo's little spill where he, f- you know, was nay naying and whipping all over the place. <laughs> People were in a tizzy. Like, there is the talk of the town. Yeah. And word travels fast. And Aragorn is quick to mention this when they're being distrustful of like, look how far y'all have gotten yourselves. <laughs> and you're about to get murked. Like, y'all have no choice but to trust me. Yeah. So now that Mary's back, they're like, "Well, shit, we can't stay in the rooms we bought. They're gonna murder us in our sleep." But once again, to the rescue, knob. <laughs>
0: There's trying. no way to say knob in a like impressive way.
1: <laughs> I dubbed the knob.
0: Knob.
1: Knob. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> so goofy.
1: He, uh, but to kind of save their plight, Knob, is, he goes into the room they were originally renting, kind of fixes it up, kind of a Ferris Bueller's Day Off type <laughs> beat. Um, Mannequins. Yeah, like pillows shaped like heads.
0: Knob's old uh, hockey trophies are are being used in Rube Goldberg.
1: Yeah, it's very it's home, like- home Alone-esque. He's got <laughs> like Michael Jordan cardboard cutout on a <laughs> Lego train. <laughs> Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree is playing. These black writers just, they don't know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for the next chapter. Oh, <laughs> and also the the next book where they're in New York. <laughs> um, <laughs> I felt like they rehashed a lot of the old <laughs> <end> story, honestly. <laughs> um, it's actually an allegory. <laughs> um, Home Alone is for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> but he basically sets it up so that it's going to look like the hobbits are in their beds, and if the Black Riders try and attack them, they're just gonna stab a bunch of feathers. Dang, These dang just like idiots. that
0: scene in the movie. I know Where they stab all the feathers.
1: <laughs> Man, good source material. This one. <laughs> all right. Well, they uh, they go to they basically just go back to hey they're they're staying in the club. Mm-hmm. They're back in the VIP room. They're like we're just gonna put a bunch of shit that's heavy against the door <laughs> and close all the windows and keep the fire low and just whisper. Yeah, they'll they never look in here. Yeah. Um so they go to sleep. And that's through chapter ten.
0: Yep, and then next week they will talk about them going off to do the rest of the Lord of the
1: Rings. Yeah, And I think all the rest of it is in the next two chapters. Yeah. Chapter eleven is the two towers, chapter twelve <laughs> <laughs> is the yeah. return of the king, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well folks I can't it's, wait to see what they do with that. <laughs> it's really been nice. Talking with you, I'm sad that there's only one episode left. I know. Um, just the par- way it shakes out, parting is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> but gosh, it really is. I I know we're dragging it the hell out, <laughs> but with all of our tangents, but we really are starting to get into the meat of the plot. Um, we're getting new characters. I mean,
0: Tolkien just doesn't g- give us much to work with, is the thing. You know. Heat, like seriously <laughs>
1: no but honestly in terms so of flesh and bone in terms of i mean i think it's no accident that we went on more tangents than ever this episode <laughs> yeah because the the pace is getting to that optimal level of like there's a lot of plot beats to cover yeah, but it's not as much exposition. Yeah, because some a lot of the exposition is starting to happen to the dialogue, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting know the characters more. Yeah, and less about their like the the temperature of the bacon grease that they use to cook <laughs> on the stove. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it actually getting dangerous because this is the the only and maybe it's partially that the movies reinforce this in particular because of how many action set pieces there are. Yeah. But when I read this, the Fellowship of the Ring in high school, in like ninth grade, the only thing I remember from this are the action sequences. Yeah. I don't remember jack about free <laughs> or or basically any of the parts that are a little slower. Yeah. Um, I guess I love
0: all of the scenes that's just them like hanging out comfortably. Yeah.
1: Oh, no. It's quite nice to read it is, um, it is a little bit harder to not get bogged down <laughs> in an audio format. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's, said, um, I'm excited to see how, like, I, it's exciting to reread a lot of those parts just to see what they're like. Yeah. Um, do you find you
0: get jealous of them when they're like particularly having a good meal or you can tell they're having a good time? I f- I kind of get a little jealous, but it's nice to experience it even just in the book.
1: Well, most of the pleasures they take in are so simple that like if I'm feeling that pressed, I just go have me some cheese or something. <laughs> <laughs> pull, I guess up a, so. pull up a pull up a 10-hour uh loop of a fireplace on YouTube. Oh, that's like, not
0: that that's not enough.
1: <laughs> fine, 36. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's how the hobbits would do it. <laughs> Hundred and twenty hours. <laughs> you can have eleven C's like a bunch of times in one hundred and twenty oh, hours. Man,
0: a Hobbit with Uber Eats. Imagine, yo, <laughs> dude. We
1: should. You should write that. We should.
0: We should make a modern Lord of the Rings where the Hobbits have Uber Eats and the the ends are nightclubs with bottle service and yes. VIP rooms.
1: Hear me out. <laughs> Ring race but with mango jewel pots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, you know, honestly, thinking about them, they're like kind of ancient and evil. They probably got like a, like, they Marlboro got a cigarettes. whole. cigarettes. Well, no, I was thinking they have like a whole rig. Like they kind of got outlawed <laughs> a few years ago. Like, but they're bad. So they still got them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, those, those horses, things that they're riding on, they're nicked up too. Oh man. Big time. These horse, kids horses, horse kids, horse kids, <laughs>
0: They they don't get beer, they get whiskey themselves. <laughs> That's
1: right, out of the horse trough. Toby Why do you, what... <laughs> it comes full circle? Why do you think I've been drinking from them, folks? Wow, whiskey <laughs> and scene. That's how you do it, folks. Thank you. Um, if you want to make checks payable to <laughs> Brantle Bottle um, Acting and Improv Services <laughs> um, LLC. <laughs> um, Payable and monthly installments of forty nine ninety nine, <laughs> or if you want to put it on layaway, we can work out a payment plan. I've extended the extended bit. <laughs> that's fine. I still gotta pull up the plugs. All right, that's fine. <laughs> um, I gotta keep riffing here, or I'm gonna start losing customers. Um, let's okay, just if you like the show, <laughs> you probably saved me for myself. So.
0: Um, If you like the show and want to follow our Instagram, you can follow us at Oliphants underscore MC. I'm just going to assume if you made it this far and are listening, you know how to spell Oliphants. Look (laughs) in the
1: show title, people. I think, honestly, Drew, you're probably good at this point. It's all uh, the word has. It's how do you think little fingers all over? It's true. Our show. I think people can find it if they really like it.
0: Yeah. Not Oliphants either. Some people on the Internet write it like that. I don't know Idiots. which one's correct, but Each we and g- we committed to one spelling of it, so that's what we're sticking with. Um, our email, if you want to send us anything, is olifontmotorclub at gmail dot com.
1: True. What's your address in Savannah if they want to send you something physical?
0: <laughs> I don't know a single ad like joke address.
1: Sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, Savannah Street. Savannah Street. <laughs> it's
0: an avenue on a street.
1: It's um. 103rd Street. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, our YouTube channel is Oliphant's Motorcycle Club. The show's Twitter is Oliphant's MC. And my personal Twitter is at Drew Felt.
1: If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Mute underscore Matthew.
0: And, yeah, I think that's about it. We'll tune in again next time to talk about either something unrelated to the book or... Or, or something
1: related to the book.
0: Chapter 11 and 12. And then that'll be the end of, I guess, part one of yeah. book one.
1: And also, if you would wow. like to sponsor us so that we can make money, I can do a very convincing ad for Blue Chew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. We, uh, we recorded this the same as uh, the last episode, same day. And uh, we've been hanging out and Matthew's been, he's been
1: selling. (laughs) (laughs) I've been selling them bootleg (laughs) Blue Chew. Individually. Yeah, you know, like when you go to the, okay, everyone acts like they don't exist. But fellas, you've gone to the gas station bathroom (laughs) right in between the horny goat weed (laughs) and the, I mean, all kinds of stuff. You got your Blue Chew. They're not pills. They're chewable tablets. (laughs) See, I'm doing great already. Blue Chew, if you're listening... Yeah, there's more where that came from. Yeah, Um,
0: same um, with any gas station sexual (laughs) supplement.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) if there's anything I know better than Lord of the Rings, (laughs) it's that. (laughs) At least in the abstract, I've thought about that a lot. (laughs) I haven't really used (laughs) it. Oh, so if you've used any, write into the show at our email. Yeah,
0: hey, Oliphant Motor Club. I think, at gmail.com. Yeah. I already put the plugs away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all.
1: Take care. See ya. P.S. Support us, Bluetooth.